Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Funky Marketing Podcast. Uh, today, we are moving on with uh, Funky Marketing Top Voices, and I have a great pleasure to introduce to you uh, Niko Slavnic. Overall, uh, a great guy, somebody who has done so many things and still doing so many things. So, uh, Niko, maybe you can, uh, you're better fit to, to tell a little bit about all those things that you have done. Oh, that, uh, how many days we have? Okay, hello, hello. Um, so probably there's so many things to, to share, but uh, we have to start somewhere. Right? Uh, there are a few cats. Uh, looks like I have a collection of cats, I like to say. Uh, started actually in practice first, in theory, after. Um, that was driving me really with, uh, I was marketing driven with, with uh, design, with uh, all the decisions that are pushing uh, customers closer to sales. Um, and um, that's, that was my, my first role that I was really working on. But in, in between, I think that uh, marketing became quite digitalized. So I moved to the more creative part also in entrepreneurship, opening my first uh, incubator. Actually, generally, it's going to be 20 years since I opened a incub private incubator, opening companies, investing in more than 15 companies last 20 years um, as a business angel and, and uh, actually adding value to the companies that needed marketing, sales, and similar projects. So um, in this portfolio of companies, some of them died, some of them are successful, some of them are in between. And uh, that was bringing a lot of experience that I start sharing with students um, on MBA programs in France, in, in Slovenia, in more than 30 countries actually so far, keynote speeches. And uh, this is where I had to go back to the school, learn, finish my education, um, and uh, still keep on learning from theory and practice on, onwards. A kind of a, a combo, based of, be, best of all worlds, uh, I'd say, because like uh, you have started when digital uh, wasn't here yet, then you had to change to move on to some other things, then you, from marketing, you moved to entrepreneurship, to investments, and kind of you how do they say you've seen it all in a way and you keep moving through that and sharing experience i i value that uh especially because uh here like on balkans i see so many people that have knowledge have experience but not that many people are actually willing to share uh their learnings and help like for the ecosystem for the community to to grow so um let's go Let's go from the start. So, how uh, how did you actually grow up? What it was like back then? Uh, thank you, Nemanja. That's that's my actually life life drive. It is that you use the word, you know, growth. Uh, growth is still driving me today. No matter that I'm not growing physically, maybe you know, when I have a good meal. Uh, but actually, in in the beginning, um, it was pretty wild. In uh, I didn't I wasn't a big fan of school, so I was escaping already first day in first grade of school, so uh, from, from the school. And this happened to be like in few schools. So um, changing four elementary schools, well, didn't help much um, uh, to, to formal education, but what it helped me is actually to adapt to any situation, to new people, to, to learn how to fit um, my way, how to differentiate. I know that I was different already then, um, and I never wanted to be one uh, one of the same ones so it was always looking how to find my my way 
uh, through the childhood and uh, learn in my, in, let's say my perception, uh, important things to grow up and to keep growing with ideas. Did you, did you read a lot or you were the one like playing, playing games with the others uh, on a way? Like, did you, uh, in my case, I was on one side, the one who is reading, who can play with, just need some toys and at least one toy and I can play with myself. I don't need anybody else. But on the other hand, like I was playing basketball and kind of hanging out with, with others as a team captain at the time. So I, I kind of developed in a different way. So uh, what was like in your case? I can see we have more things in common. I was also playing basketball. Uh, so that was, that was one, one of the sports that I preferred uh, after, after martial arts, actually. You know, it was called martial arts first to be more safe, to feel more safe, let's say. Uh, judo and so on things and uh, uh, books yeah definitely I was every year taking all this uh, competition for reading uh, books and reading of uh, not only local but also international books you know, UK but also finished uh, this competition for, for books in Austria in general language actually and uh, that was helping me to learn languages on one side but also to to learn about stories. I really like the storytelling ready then. And I think this is, this is quite important also for, for all the marketing that we are building up, that we find the right stories for, for our clients and for ourselves. Yeah, I find it, find it interesting too, especially you know, growing up in, in Serbia in the 90s where we couldn't travel. So like uh, books was a way for, for me to travel, see, see different worlds and all those kind of things. Yeah, I also had these awards for reading badges and all kind of things. Uh, but to, to add to, to your story, so uh, it's kind of interesting. You didn't start as like Gary Vee and others were saying with lemon and stains. You, you started in a kitchen, actually your first job. Yeah, that's, that was experience. I was really bad in English at the beginning. So um, I wasn't learning. Uh, I didn't like the teacher, teacher. So I was preferring German at that time because a uh, German teacher was much better looking. So it was easier to, to learn. She was a student. And English was not my favorite. So um, I, I was luckily having an uncle living in UK. So I was visiting him every summer since I finished. Yeah, at the end of elementary school, I already went there. And uh, of course, I wanted to save some money. So I was looking you know, to get some summer work. What can I do? And uh, actually, yeah, they offered me in one uh, very popular Italian restaurant in the city. I asked, actually, my uncle helped me, actually. And I started working as an assistant there. So uh, this, is, this was driving me later, actually, in the many years after to work with uh, famous female chefs and chefs, uh, global number one also. And uh, I'm still driven with uh, art of play, art on plate and, and many other things that are bringing creativity on uh, with food um, and also sustainable trends. But at that time, it was just how to make some pocket money that I could uh, buy books, that I could buy my first computer, that I could find uh, um, nice places to go out. Um, also in UK, and uh, that was that was the early stage. So that was also improving my English on the side. Uh, hopefully, it works also today. But uh, luckily, I didn't pick up much of the accent because at that time the, the um, let's say Birmingham accent wasn't so uh, it's still not so recognizable in the world. 
Yeah, it's kind of kind of strange uh, we, how we get get our knowledge from different places and the places that we don't ever think that we can find specific things that can shape us as a, as a person and as professionals. Uh, so, how did you actually end up in marketing from from that perspective, like starting there and learning from those things and actually getting up, finishing up in marketing? And, uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I would change a lot of summer jobs. So there's opportunity at that time, since um, it was more working on the on the gray line, I'd say black black market. You know, I couldn't get into the offices, and it, uh, so I, it wasn't recognized in the early stage of secondary school. Um, so I worked in in renovation, construction, in in gardening, in in anything that I could find. Um, but um, in that from early stage of, of college time, um, it was impossible to open a company. And that was the first time my coach time, I remember. And it was 1989, it was possible to open a, your own private company. So that was the first stage when my mom decided, okay, let's do something with UK, since you speak English, you know, and she was quite uh, entrepreneurial. And my mom was looking for the name of the company, the logo. And I remember coming to her, I had like whole, um, all, uh, a notebook full of logos you know what could be the logo what could be the name how to design it how to approach and and she really liked it so she picked up the name Waymaker at that time and uh, one of the logos and we started with with totally different um, business not in the kitchen of course but uh, it was OTC over-the-counter drugs um, selling Bach rescue remedy and some other let's say products that were possible to use marketing in the pharmacy and that was really the, one of the first challenges so home entrepreneurship uh driven and my mom didn't speak well english so i had traveled with her to all the meetings so learning how to start a company with my mom at that time and using english and using all the let's say practical knowledge on on, on business and marketing that i could use there uh, I was quite early internet also adopter. I got my first computer when I was, oh, and it was 64K, let's say, at that time using cassettes, uh, a long, long time. Now you know how old I am. Um, so in that time, um, we had to code ourselves. So that was the, the language, first languages, like on basic, moving to Pascal, and uh, uh, DBS3, and some other uh, options that we used to find the basic digital tricks but later also digital marketing and uh, that was the the first touch with marketing i would say that was driving me also to study on on faculty marketing like entrepreneurship and uh, creating this mix of entrepreneurial marketing spirit it's kind of interesting how much do we get from from our parents like in my experience it was a bit different like when we started with First with, with computers, with, with everything. Like my father was working in a, how do you say it in English? Like first May, the company, the huge company that was over there, he was working in um, in computer center, but like those were computer where they mostly play games and printed things. Uh, and it was interesting kind of to go over there and see what they are doing. Like I was only interested to play games because this, this is the only thing that they have shown me, but Later on, like my father worked in a, in a home of culture uh, in kind of like marketing, but in organizing events mostly. Uh, and he had few um, 
entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship like um, tries, I would call them like that. All of them failed because he was too good to the people, giving them free stuff and those kind of things. He never got that. So I learned from, from having a bad example in that way, like what are some things that I shouldn't do. And I ended up in marketing, not actually wanting to study marketing. And it was kind of like interesting. Uh, and generally it's interesting how the, the life takes us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and, I mean, lifetime experience, it's, it's shaping us, uh, mostly. I mean, uh, it's, it's experience that we want to build also, uh, that we are creating, um, for ourselves and, and also that we want to create through marketing to all our clients. I mean, five-star experience, not, not just five-star hotel, but actually experience that whatever it is that you that you go all in with with experience not just touch the base uh, on the top mm -hmm. yeah now talking about experience like um what are some tough moments that you experienced in, in the career was it more challenging when you have just started on there when you like were developing companies investing like what are the moments when you when you felt like this was the, the toughest one looking from, from this perspective now. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's, that's always an interesting question. I mean, um, how it started um, with, with in, within an incubator that I created, um, we had quite interesting projects. I started with marketing first, you know, supporting uh, startups, doing all the marketing. I really wish that um, they have the packages, ABC, that they could pick up, uh, and that was like 10 years ago, and take from business cards to web page and everything that they can kick off their, their start. And later this develops in, in different opportunities. I always had my eyes wide open to, to find uh, opportunities. And that's maybe bringing, it, bringing to my life motto that I don't ask myself why, I ask myself why not. And this is giving me a very different direction usually. Sometimes in the right place on this runway, but it's definitely different. And uh, I started actually uh, investing quite quite early also in some startups um, and all was connected. First, uh, starting companies with friends. Uh, we created a contact lenses company. We went to US, we saw what's, what's happening there. We saw what's missing in the Balkan countries at that time. And I said, okay, let's open the contact lenses company or we opened a city guides company, we brought uh, anti hangover pills from Russia. You know, I was traveling a lot. I visited more than 70 countries. And anywhere I went, uh, my mother always said, it's better to bring a product than girlfriend. You know, always. So I was first time bringing more girlfriends from these countries. And then I said, no, it's easier if I just bring products and ideas to build the business. So I built um, <clears throat> from uh, Baltic countries abroad in your pocket city guides. Um, yeah, I mentioned before, Russia was anti Pakhmagin that we transferred to the brand RU21. And uh, from Estonia, Sintinel, from Slovenia, Optiprint, from Hungary, we built it on the farm of turkeys. We built a company in Germany with uh, associate building the tech support for the companies. I had company in Luxembourg, actually in, in Liechtenstein was the, the company that we, I called Teletip. We bought from RTL all the media rights for the Eastern Europe. And then Datafy, so working more closer to the company the Slovenia. eHub was in, on the border of Slovenia and Italy, so invested in, in a um, bicycle that even Armstrong was using. 
but that's also the beginning good thing and later even bad thing. So just some of the um, wide portfolio of the companies, uh, many of them failed. And this failure, it's actually the learning process. You know, how, how passionate, I really fall in love with ideas. Now, when I listen to these startups, for me, it's like, wow, I fall in love with idea. You know, that's such a great idea. You know? And after you dig later, after you dig in, in this, uh, what's behind, how do they deliver? This is many times you see the difference between just uh, to say, you know, what what people are talking you know, it's pretty easy to talk the talk you know but can they really walk the walk and i can say in this last 20 years startups and, and students mostly really really improve the pitch so the pitch how they pitch and how to get the money um it's so easy it's um i would say that the small amounts of money also in serbia you know it's getting there but in region you know for bulgaria croatia slovenia hungary there's so much money and there's so many enthusiastic uh, young entrepreneurs, but also some of them are just want entrepreneurs. You know, it's, it's nice to be CEO of your own company. And uh, these failures were, were driving me to learn you know, how to, how we missed the market, how we didn't listen enough, how we didn't listen enough for potential customers, how we didn't go out of the building enough because we were focusing too much on the product. Um, uh, it was also learning about managerial, entrepreneurial stuff, you know, how to lead people, how to do these uh, mistakes cheaper, uh, how to fail cheaper, how to do mistakes faster, and to learn from them. I hopefully repeat, uh, not, don't repeat too many, the same mistakes, you know, but I, every time I learn, there are some other mistakes that I could find out. Uh, and, uh, well, that's, that's uh, all the... All the drive that you say at the end uh, hell yeah we we made it yes it sounds easy when when you just go over that in a couple of minutes like but there's a uh there's so so much to to uncover and i'm sure we, we will do another episode and just uncover a few of those examples and go go even even deeper uh but like I have a question relating to your experience with startups and uh, companies that are just starting. And this is the question kind of that goes on and off. Um, when is the right time for the company, for the startup to invest in marketing? Is it from the start? Is it a bit later? What are your experiences and what would you like advice? If you, if you take the case, for example, of uh, I would say of crowds, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing, it's, it's giving you actually the picture how important marketing is because most of the products that you see there um, are not products yet. It's just a wrap made by marketing. So marketing is stronger than whole production company, everything behind because just, just the case that I'm following now, two cases that are coming from Slovenia, one birdhouse and one uh, coffee making machine. It's, uh, they collected more than a million and the second one respectively half a million in first week or two. And it's all about marketing. They don't have the product. Yet. The product will come in a year or, or more, but marketing is there. So testing the market, preparing the market even before the launch. So what we, are, we will see it's marketing is way more important than the product. If you're marketing driven and raising money driven, you will get 
much faster to, to, you know, to the progress and faster forward than focusing your product, especially if you work with the IT guys. IT guys, everything is in beta. It's always beta. You'll never be finished. You know, if you give them money, they will. This beta is infinity. You know, they will never end. It's not because you give them enough money to do what they like. They like to code. And what's missing in these startups? Usually, you have group of people that are, for example, uh, coming from I wouldn't say even business school, like economists. You know, that are starting a startup. Sky's the limit. You know, all the all the uh, strong marketing tools, but they don't have a product. Um, so they build too much on just fluff, let's say. And then you have people with, with industrial experience from coming from computer sciences or any other uh, science, life sciences that they can learn, medical. And they're too much product driven. So they, they love to innovate, but they hate these people talking about fluff and marketing and things. They just want to make a best product ever because customer will recognize how great this product is. Customer don't give a shit. You know, customer don't even know about it. And um, I still get, I mean, every year I check around, I would say around 200 to 300 pages. So some of them live, some of them I get by mail, um, plus on the top uh, from my MBA students. And I can tell you there's still people looking for, oh, I'm gonna make the next Facebook. I'm totally driven, but, um, it's, it's not enough, you know, just that you believe. You have to get to the first customers out of your family and friends, you know, and test. Go to the building and see how it works. You know, it's, it's really, this is the key. I really like the minute that you mentioned last time, you know, for some motivation, I think it's, it's you. Uh, how to use the, even the text that people are sending, for example, on, on LinkedIn or emails or cold emails. You know, go to the shop and test it. You know, you will see, is this working or not? And it's the same with, with the entrepreneurs. You know, it's, they really forget um, about their brands, about the marketing, about the customers. You know, they focus on their own problems and products. And that's also a way to fail. Yeah, totally. Like, just these days I was talking with, uh, with a lot of um, startups from agri-tech companies and like, so I'm somebody who is new in the field and I was listening to, um, it was actually those initial pitches before they entered the mentorship programs. And like, I didn't understand a word about what uh, is the value they are giving. The only thing that they were talking about was the company, the features, the product. And like, I was, whoa, there's so much work here to be done. So any, so a farmer can actually understand what they are doing, you know, cause like what's in it for me, you can talk about drones, you can talk about technology, everything, but in the end it's what's in it, what's, uh, what's there for me. Yeah, uh, and uh, luckily I have small kids, so you can always test your pitch with some seven year old kids, you know, if they don't understand it, you know, go back to work. <laughs> you have to, you have to create a pitch that a seven-year-old kid can understand what you're talking about. Because it's not about complication how you're going to produce the product, but uh, how the customers will simply have to um, take a very short moment of their life to even recognize it, and then to to create the need, uh, create demand, you know, for them. And uh, this, this is the best test with kids. I, I had last week, I had uh, 
uh, five-minute pitches uh, they were presenting. And I said, I mean, most, most of them were horrible. And I said, go back to the drawing board and do the one-minute pitch. When you can squeeze everything in one minute, okay, then start creating four-minute presentation and put you know, the, the start in the middle and the end. It's missing. Don't just extend, but do the, all the hooks that are needed at the beginning. Do the marketing you know, to your pitch. This is missing because everybody is just trying to explain So marketing in pitch is missing and can help. Um, I'm always using the example when I'm like helping people start working on their personal brand or company, whatever it is. Like I'm telling them like use Google Doc or uh, or list in your notebook and just start and write everything that you think is important about you if it's like personal profile or a company, and then narrow it down to one page then narrow it down to the half of the page. When it's half of the page, you have LinkedIn about us. Then narrow it down to uh, 140, now, now it's like 280 characters. Now you have the description for Twitter also. And this is when you actually have the core of the message. When you can actually tell it with 280 characters. And it's, uh, it's interesting, like, that's why I was early on Twitter because it, it taught me so many people like, especially here in Balkans, like going to Twitter, talking about all kinds of different things, but if it can help you actually narrow down what you're saying and get to the core of things, not just going on and off and talking about things that are not important. Um, and and Nimena, that's, that's actually an interesting drive. You know, me and you are still text generation. You know, so we, we still write in a way, no matter that it's harder and harder to write by hand sometimes. Uh, you just read keyboards. But if, if you put it, this in minutes, you know, in video today or audio, you can see actually how, how short you have to be if you want to put it in TikTok or stories, you know, or uh, Instagram, uh, you know, real, uh, that, that you can communicate um, with even much fewer words what you would like to express. Exactly. So to talking about these good and bad examples and what we can do, like, what would you emphasize as some of the like the bad examples of of marketing? Because like in funky marketing, we like to like have this goal of bringing marketing back where it belongs, where like we have people who respect ethics, company respect ethics, that are customers, it's customers first, and two-way communication. So I'm sure you're seeing a lot of interesting things. So let's share a few. Yeah, of course. Um... And it's, there are two things I would, I would put here. One is, one is that you already put in the list, you know, there's, there's uh, what, you, what you call bullshit, you know, there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of things that people try to make money off. I mean, there's, I was reading last time, there's millions of books coming out from just the business industry every year. And most of the people, you know, don't read it in a way. So there's a lot of people that would like to make a career with creating uh, um, creating actually the, the marketing definitions or theories or communication that is just noise in a way. And uh, I, I tried also with marketing agencies many times, you know, are they ready to put the money where the mouth is? You know, how much are you ready to, to, to take your risk, you know, to share the risk with the client? You know? So this is about managing expectations. And, and a lot of especially corporations are managing the company and you have marketing managers in a way that are great people many times so they know a lot of things but it's a lot of me too 
because of managerial system uh, organization, they have to repeat something that others are doing. So you're looking at your left, you're looking on your right, and you have to repeat it if you don't have it. So this me too is not driving you in the right direction. You know, you're just making a clone um, and it's, yes, you have it, but you're losing your differentiation, your edge that you should build with the marketing. So more, more to become plain vanilla, uh, let's say more you're losing taste of yourself, of your brand, and um, talk is always cheap. You know, even if you wrap it up in the nicest box, you know, you still have to walk the walk, you still have to deliver. And delivering for me, it's all about adding value. How can we add value? Uh, to, to our clients, to, to, our, to their lives, to customers, and uh, also to investments. When I, when I talk with startups, you know, many times there are great opportunities, but if I cannot add value to them, uh, it's, it's waste of the money, let's say, to invest, even if it's a good opportunity. But I see that my, my time, it's more important than just the money that, that I put in. I totally agree. Like, these things connected to the message market feed, and all those things like i was talking with with peplia the other day especially now that they are developing the um, it's not copy testing now it's called winter but it's uh it's a company that can help you create better message market fit and we talk about it a lot and it's kind of we, we gave some really nice examples saying how do you not be a vanilla company and you kind of reminded me of a situation where like I have a friend who is a developer and was working in uh, Michelin in uh, Tiger Tires in, in my hometown. And oh, I thought it was a restaurant Michelin, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he, he was actually the one from the IT department that was going to the, to the it's not a board meeting, but it's a meeting of, uh, of marketing and uh, those uh, team leaders. And basically they were creating uh, meetings to not agree and to agree to create another meeting. And then on and on and he as a developer so problem solvers like they said okay now we can move on and he was just with his hand on the head like can i say something and he's like a smaller tiny um tiny guy almost looked like a kid they were like who the hell is this guy and what he's trying to tell us like and, and it was actually the second meeting that went like that he was just like i'm out of this company and so yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of, of those things, you know, like uh, you need to agree with everybody or there is also, um, I, will, I will add it in the, in the description of the episode, there's a, there's a video called, uh, I'm an expert, I can do everything. When there's a guy, they told him that you can do something that it's not possible. And uh, uh, the CEO agrees, director of operations also, like you're an expert, right? You can do everything. Okay, super, let's go to have, to, to have lunch and to have a nice time. And he was like, what the hell am I into? Yeah, it's, it's actually the, the whole Silicon Valley was created, if you look, you know, from the mistakes, from, from the systems that were rigorous, you know. The only constant thing is change, even with Corona or COVID, yeah, we call it. So we don't know, is it going to be second, third, fourth, or how many waves of these things? What we know, it's changing. It's changing many industries, and, and change is the only constant thing. You know, when we stop changing ourselves, or you know, it's it's you feel like, okay, how much time do I have left? And is this all? You know, are they closing the show? 
Um, so yeah, this is the, the, the bad market. Sometimes it's better to have no marketing than, than bad marketing. You know? it's, it's, at least you're not burning money. Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not one, of, one of those guys that you're saying like, uh, even bad marketing is, uh, is good, even the bad PR <laughs> is good. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, well, bad, bad, uh, it, in, yeah, can be in, in many ways. That's um, uh, why I never thought actually, you can look at the bad marketing also in this way. Of how to be um, out of of the out of the plain vanilla, yeah. But um, definitely, I, I thought it's it's more about you know what what you do and what you what is delivering the the value. Um, I mean, it's it's if you look today, especially on uh, influencer marketing and and uh, social media and things, there's so many things that that people are doing just to get that. Uh, some of them are really not safe. You know, I have to hide sometimes my, uh, you know, if I uh, show my kids TikTok, you know, some of the things are really dangerous. I mean, if you put it just lightly that way, you know, what people are saying. Um, but uh, people are ready today for the five minutes of fame to do many things. And, and that's um, kind of the personal marketing that uh, I also don't appreciate in that way. So maybe maybe girls have more attributes for influencing. That's why 70% of girls are mostly influential marketing, but uh, also also men can add value uh, in, in this field. Yeah, so talking about about changes, about marketing and sales, so can you, can you tell us a few takeaways that you are seeing right now that are working for marketing, for sales, especially now when we are like in this COVID pandemic, it's not actually post pandemic, we are still in the, yeah, in the yeah. right in the middle of it. In the middle, yes. Uh, well, um, of course, um, I, I took the challenge to add value to one great company called HTAC Group. Um, their, their headquarters is Silicon Valley, but the uh, guys immigrated years ago from Serbia also, and then created quite a global company that is growing like crazy, like 10X was uh, reached in the last four years. And uh, for me, when they were talking, hey, do you need, uh, do you know somebody marketing that can help us and things? Uh, no, I was really not interested in, but I said, okay, I'm, and what I'm interested in is how can I help you to add, to go to the next 10X? So can we build another next 10X together? And what are the fields that we can work on. So um, this this is the this is for example for me it's it's quite original project uh, and the speed how we are building up it's amazing. So we opened let's say six countries in last two two months actually. Sometimes you need years to open markets, and uh, we got this year on board more than four hundred people, employed two hundred, acquired the company with two hundred plus. Um, and acquired one more that is going to be finishing probably this week, and uh, it's it's just uh, speed that is amazing and uh, putting the marketing on the right place. Uh, I would say marketing here it's definitely not just in the department of marketing that was by the way not even existing a few months ago, um, but it's it's part of the DNA. Uh, entrepreneurship and marketing is part of the DNA of each employee, you know, with, with social media, with uh, thinking of adding value. And what, what, is, what is the biggest difference that I see? We, we have the special model, so people are not paid by time. Uh, you, nobody cares if you're eight hours or six hours or 16 hours, you know, working on, on things, but only by added value. 
So what is your added value to the company, to the project, to the client? And they put, you know, what we have in marketing to be, to be customer centric in a way, they put this in the middle of the whole company. So how can we add value to, to clients and future clients that we communicate? So this, this is uh, quite amazing how uh, the building of, of this kind of company and going fast forwards, it's bringing totally new adaptations because also moving from entrepreneurial to managerial structure of the company is bringing a lot of challenges. But um, I think we will crack. Yeah, especially when it's uh, development. So there are a lot of people over there. When you talk about developers, those are like, you can imagine people with the headphones and just sitting in the corner and like coding things but it's actually much more than you can uncover for, from those people. And they're actually good at their jobs and solving complex problems and unveiling all of that. And like, just, I, I found in development companies, just showing that to the world can, can bring you a lot, of, uh, a lot of good. Like you have so many skilled people over there that have knowledge and just like, let's go over there, show, share them with the world. And, and start actually growing with using the things that we already have here with us. And it will bring us even more people who are kind of the, the similar. Yeah, I'm just planning also to, to put in some education that will bring all potentially interested people in. So it's not only uh, doing marketing and sales knowledge for biz dev and, and marketing department. Of course, we all have to improve our professional knowledge, but putting the knowledge about, let's say, marketing um, and, and centra, uh, customer-centric marketing, so customers, clients, relationship, branding, putting this in all departments, actually, that they can learn, hey, why do you exist? Why do we have jobs? You know, Why do we have work to do? And learning, you know, this will bring us um, that in each department, even in the finance or accounting, you know, that we understand that what customers and our clients uh, are looking for and actually deliver the value that can be beyond expectations. Mm -hmm. Sounds sounds good. Uh, and I guess it's kind of a nice challenge to take to take like all this uh, like age tech story and everything that's in enveloping. It's kind of um, nice thing to, to see what will happen in a way. And like having a 10X goal is something that I think every marketer or business developer is like uh, willing to take. This is something that we, uh, the reason that we work for, right? To have kind of big challenges and see if we are able to take them or it will take us in another, in another way. Um, but uh, like, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about what are some, some things that you have seen working uh, and some things that you, that you will double down in the, in the 2021, having in mind that we have no idea what will happen next year uh and having in mind also the world that we are living in which is fully digitalized i mean in slovenia you have the lockdown for how long now 
Ooh, we are locked down since March, I believe, yeah. But with, with some breaks in between. Actually, they, they're promising to make two days break for Christmas, so we can go out. Yeah, Corona will take a break. <laughs> corona. Take a break, have a Corona, yeah. Um, actually, it's better than KitKat, yeah. Um, so to, to look at the, the, what are the key things? Um, what are the key things that I think could be important? I, I, I created actually a special philosophy called the big five. You know, when you, when you go once to, to safari in South Africa, you know, you'll see, you always have to see the big five. And this was driving me, what are the five most important things that you would like to see, not on safari, but that you would like to deliver in the companies? And I created a special circle actually of, of things that is driving me when I'm, I'm in building also the 10x model. So I'll start there. So first, first one is the, the global thing. So it's definitely if you want to go global, you have to find your niche. You have to create as narrow as the, I would say, as the hashtag that somebody is getting popular. So it's so narrow that you want to break through. So how to go more global? And I use here example of Nassim Taleb theory and Black Swan, uh, showing how to predict what will happen in the future and who will be, um, who will be running. Um, the, and uh, to create the future, we have to, of course, unlearn some of our past. So that's one of the first levels. On the, on the second level, we, I look on the markets. So here um, on the markets, the plan is to open at least 10 new markets. But markets are not just a huge market. You cannot say, hey, my market is US or my market is China. It's, you have to find your blue lagoons. You know, where are your, your um, safe, um, I wouldn't say safe, but uh, let's say where you have edge to make a breakthrough, you know, that you react fastest and you get all this uh, Fortune 500 companies, um, let's say, doing the safe thing. So we can do something that is unpredictable, something that's actually happening. And I'm explaining this also with the Kim Chan theory of value innovation, growth. So if you look on the third level, then we get to the level of the company. So company, there are so many companies that we can, I'm just preparing an article also, you know, to compare Forbes, uh, Fortune 500 with, with uh, 500 unicorns. You know, is it enough to be big? You know, that if you look at the list, 52% of the Fortune 500 companies since 2000 are gone. And uh, we are expecting that another 50% will be gone just in the next 10 years. So it's so fast that it's moving. So the speed and what we see, it's not enough to be big. Big will not eat the small, it's the, it's the fastest eating slow. And the speed is tremendous, it's multiplying in, in many, many dimensions. And then we look at the, at the level of the product, you know, what's happening on the products. Also here, we plan to do the 10X on the building up the products uh, that could be branded, that could be developed, uh, marketing based on this. And on products, it's important to understand that you're not just producing something in the factory. Um, that's that's uh, way way how to say beyond. Uh, uh, it's it's missing the the main point. You know what we would like to explain with the product. The product is not just we have stock, but in the factory we make. Give example of of uh, Charles Revlon, for example. In factory they are making cosmetics, but in drugstores they're selling hope. They're selling to be always beautiful, to be always, you know, wanted to be something. And the same company can have many brands, to, but it's important to differentiate them, to find the smallest possible denominator for, the, for their community. And on the fifth and the most important, uh, you know, shift that I also want to deliver here, it's, it's really personal. 
Um, so on the personal level, want to bring um, happiness, added value of the people, of the people that we have inside and the partners that we work with. So the, the peer, one big happy family, how to say. And uh, doing, doing things with smiles on our faces will be easily pushing us to go further and to add value also to our clients and customers. Yeah, I, I guess smiling more is one of the outcomes that we get out of this 2020. Like, then there, there's a life also outside business and sometimes those, those two lives are uh, kind of mixing, merging. Uh, I think as we, as we move on, the line will be more blurred between two of them. And that's why like working on things we love if, if we can, will be even more uh, important, but also some of the things that we do outside of work. So the family going out in nature, like in my case, riding a bike, like all those kind of things will help us actually be better at work. Um, it's, it's sometimes you, you can burn yourself, especially with startups. I mean, I, I remember um, we had to lock the door for, for in accelerators, you know, to kick these, uh, people out. They were begging, can I stay just one hour longer? You know, at midnight, we said, no, we're closing. And I can tell you there were people, and we, we were opening at seven, waiting in front of the door, I want to go work. Nobody was counting hours. No, it's not about hours. But they were so passionate. They were so into it that in three months, they could burn themselves like crazy. So we had to limit them, them also. But when you see this passion, that, that's something amazing. That, that was really driving me. And, and when you add marketing there, it's, it's for me the great combo uh, that is bringing uh, passion with both fields on entrepreneurship and marketing and bringing success. Yeah, well, nice, nicely said, nicely said. Uh, that's why I, I always like to have at least one startup um, within the companies we're working with funky marketing just to get into the dirt and get that passion and, and everything and so everybody from the company can have that experience um, and so for we're kind of reaching the end so uh, what actually is funky marketing for you that's that's kind of always interesting to find out because a lot of people are having different kind of definitions of it so um I'll give you one example and that can bring, bring uh, some parallels actually to this. So um, there's, there's, when you buy drinks, you expect to, to feel the drink, right? So it's, it's water, it's Coke, something, it's not commercial, but still, uh, it's beer or a good wine. Uh, but there's one company that created a very different um, drinks. You can taste a um, drink of Christmas dinner. So you don't imagine how, how the Christmas dinner drink should feel like. I mean, I'm not saying that it should be so tasty, but they sold millions of bottles of people looking just to taste, hey, what is the taste of Christmas dinner in a bottle? So bringing the differentiation at such a strong position, you know, that um, it's, there's not, nothing more original than this on, on the shelf. So for me, um, funky marketing is music for my ears, you know, that really is bringing the, this differentiation um, leverage to any company, you know, working with and do it, uh, you do it with, with a funky style and a smile. Nice. Nice. I love that funky style and the smile. It even, it even rhymes. <laughs> uh, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for this. Um, I think we, we started a lot of topics, shared a lot of perspectives and 
I'll be happy uh, if you can come back uh, in the next episodes and uh, go deeper on some of the topics and really unbuild uh, more, more of your knowledge and experience. Thank you, Nemanja. It was a great pleasure to, to talk with you, to chat. And uh, of course, there's so many war stories that if somebody can learn from mistakes or successes, we'll uh, cut people costs uh, on, on long term. Yeah, so um, just tell the audience where they can find you. Get into conversation, engagement and share a lot of different things. Uh, Niko Slavnic, uh, Google knows more than me. Um, so, but if you really search for the uh, for the page, it's uh, www.nikoslaunitz.com or, uh, of course, all the social media that you can find me and also htechgroup.com uh, that's uh, on the leadership position there. But it's more important that, that we can find some good solutions and ideas that can fly. Perfectly said. Thank you one more time. And um, guys, see you, see you online. See you. Bye.